Hello, podcasters. Thanks for joining me today. My name is Chuck Tuck, and I am your host. Today's podcast is all about dogs, and we'll be talking to dog obedience trainer Tammy Callop. I hope I pronounced her last name correctly, but she's also known as Auntie Tammy, and you can find her on Facebook, actually, under Auntie Tammy. So let's go ahead and begin. Hello, my name is Tammy. I am otherwise known as Auntie Tammy, dog obedience trainer. Let's tell the folks how you got into the uh, to dog training. Why do you love dogs? I love dogs from a very young age. I am 50 years old now. And from a very young age, I lived out in the country and it seemed like dogs would just show up at our house. They could be injured dogs. They could be happy dogs. They could be stray dogs. And they were all drawn to me. And my entire life from a very young age, I've always been around dogs and it's natural and I've been told I'm half dog <laughs> just I communicate with them I can look at them in the eyes I can understand their whines and their crying and then I started working with a fabulous gentleman about 19 years ago who is a 10-year dog trainer at a dog boarding kennel a boarding training facility and we hit it off, and he said, you're a natural. Run with it. So that's how it all started. Wow. Uh, so that you've been into it just about 20 years then. Yes. Yes, I have. Um, I've been doing it professionally for that long. and But it's been my whole life just working with dogs and understanding them. So I don't know. I can't even put a number on it anymore, honestly. So we really can't say... Man's best friend is a dog, right? The dog loves no, everybody. A dog loves men, women, children, other dogs, other animals. They're just a very compassionate soul. Dogs forgive. They they don't even there's not even such a word as forgiving with dogs because you can correct your dog, which is very important. People need to know this about dog training. You need to correct your dog just like you do your children. <laughs> you just need to do that. <laughs> and you can correct them and put them down on a down stay. They don't hate you later. They're not mad at you. They're not going to throw a temper tantrum. They're like, oh, mom's mad right now. Okay, uh, maybe I probably shouldn't have gotten the garbage can. That probably wasn't a good move. <laughs> <laughs> So is there a difference really between, say, dog training and dog obedience or dog obedience training? Or is it kind they of the actually, same? Or They all work hand in hand. There's dog training. So I do dog obedience training, and I do companion dog training, which is two totally different things from service dog training. I, I would never say that I know how to train a dog to help the blind because I don't know how to do that. That is above my skill set, and I appreciate the people who do that or the dog training for people who are uh, um, deaf. I, that is above my skill set, but I believe 
that dog training and dog obedience training and behavioral modification, all three of those work hand in hand because a dog has to go through those before they're even prepped and ready to go into service dog training. Okay. They have to know how to be model citizens before they can, because they can't be like wild animals and running around the store and acting all crazy and everything. Right. They have to go through the basic obedience first. So then that must mean that there's a, a process, a step. What's the process? I mean, is it like we're going to teach the dog how to sit first and then how to come, how to lay down, things like that? Is there um, like a a step that, Folks should follow if, if they're trying to train at home, not that they're going to be able to do a, a very good job, but if they were to say, I want to train my dog. I would say the steps are first, get to know your dog. Every single dog is an individual little soul. So sometimes you can, if you're from home and you want to train your dog and they act amazing when you give them a Scooby snack. Then you can start working with them with that Scooby snack and say, okay, sit. Okay, down. Okay. And okay is always the release word from when they do a good job and you say, okay, that means they can stand back up or they can go about their business. Mm. But an actual home trainer training your own personal dog, number one, before you get a dog, do the research on the breed. Know what you're getting. Even if it's a good old American Heinz 57, say it's got three different breeds in it, read up on every single breed because that dog will carry one trait in each one of those breeds. Yeah, get to know your animal, get to love them, but don't, as a home person, do not over praise your dog to where now the dog is training you so you get a new puppy every single time it goes outside it goes potty which is great and then it comes back in you give it a treat so now the dog's training you oh if i go outside and i go potty i'm gonna get a treat for this so now you're being brainwashed that the dog is thinking oh so you slack off of the treats. Now your doggy's not going outside and going potty. Now they're pottying in the house again. Okay. High praise. Yeah. High praise with a young dog or a young pup is far more important than constantly giving them treats. Going out in the yard and saying, good poppy, good potty, good poopy. Way more beneficial than giving them food. Because they know they're doing a good thing and they're making you happy and they're pleasing you. And that's what dogs want to do. It doesn't matter what breed of dog you have. They're pleasing you. And that's what dogs do. It also sounds like then we've got to train ourselves, really. um, Like you said, not to overly compliment. So we've got to stop giving these treats constantly. Or for fun and games, like watch, sit, sit, oh good, good dog, and you give it a treat. Let's go outside, go potty. Oh good dog, here's another treat. So we should kind of stop doing that, just constantly giving a treat for doing something. Hey, it's it's not to stop doing it constantly, but go in phases with it. 
Okay. So do it for a week. Don't do it for a week. Do it for a week. Don't do it for a week. So the dog doesn't know it's going to get a treat if it does this. And it's super spectacular because you want that dog to say, Hey, my owner is going to think I'm amazing. I am the coolest dog on the block just by a belly rub and a pet just as rewarding to get that food treat. So you want to go in phases with it and you can eventually phase out treats completely with the dog. But I, myself being a trainer for many, many moons, um, I've never phased out of it with my own three. So <laughs> if they're a good puppy, I'm going to like, here's a carrot. You're such a good dog. <laughs> you like carrots. You love carrots. <laughs> so is there a difference in training? Well, I'm going to think that probably is, but is there a difference in training a, a pup versus a mature dog um, of, say, two years old versus a seven-year-old dog or anything? Or you kind of try to train in the same way uh, and I, I guess I should clarify that the older dogs if, if you go and adopt them and they're coming into your a new home um, you know is there a difference in training those dogs versus a, a puppy yes there absolutely is a difference in that because when you first have a new puppy they are uh, called what is ear imprinting between the age of seven weeks and nine weeks old so you are forming that dog's behavior as a baby puppy bringing it into your home. So you go to the shelter, which two of my dogs are actually rescue dogs. You go to the shelter or you rescue a dog, you find one on Craigslist or God forbid, wherever you find this fabulous animal that's coming into your home. They're going to behave differently because you didn't have them through that fear imprinting stage of seven to nine weeks old. So they already have formed habits. Now, these formed habits can be broken. It's not necessarily a bad thing because sometimes you get a dog from the shelter and you're like, oh, this dog is perfect. But you must remember when you do rescue a dog, they're going to be on their best behavior for the first six months. They want to impress you. They want to make you happy. They don't want to go away again. After those six months is when you're going to see their naughty behavior begin. That's when your work begins. So, uh, oh, okay. Uh, why is my dog now getting in the garbage and it didn't get in the garbage for the first six months I had it? So, now they're going to test you. They're going to see, oh, well, I was only at this house for this long and they loved me, but then they got rid of me. Then they loved me and then they got rid of me. So, yes, there are two totally different things happening there in between a rescue dog and a puppy that you bring home. So you're telling me that dogs are really that smart. I mean, they know. They They do know. They know. They know. They recognize things. They pick up on your energy. If you're in a good mood, they're going to be in a good mood. If you're sad, they're going to come to comfort you. If you're mad, they're going to pick up on that energy as well. They're extremely intelligent animals extremely intelligent it doesn't even matter what breed chihuahua to bull mastiff it doesn't matter they are tuned into you Mm. a rescue dog isn't going to be as tuned into you as fast as per se one that you pick up and you pick it out of the litter because out of the litter obviously they're they're honed into you from that 
step of their life. But once they get used to you and they know that they're comfortable. So I have a seven-year-old black German shepherd. We adopted him at a year old. He had already been in four different homes. It took me a year of working with him to where he would trust me enough to be in his face, to rub him on the belly. And it, it was a long year. It really was a long year, but it was consistency. Consistency, consistency. You're a good boy. If he was naughty, well, why did you do that? That was naughty. And you can raise your voice to the dog, too. Well, stop that. Be nice. So Opposed then... to my puppy puppies that I've had since she was seven and a half weeks old. She just bonded. She immediately bonded. Okay. Well, let me ask you this, then. As far as raising your voice to dogs, um, is it just like a child where there is a difference? You can raise your voice and say, no. Or you can do, no. Is there a difference and they react different? And then do you put them into this... Um, behavior or whatever you might call it where they become frightened of you? I, I mean, if you're using a different tone, if you're screaming at them. Okay, so a lot of people yell at their dogs in an angry tone of voice. And I've heard it and I've seen it. They swear at their dogs and just, Mah! and I'm not innocent of this. My dog will go out in the backyard and start plucking my grass. <laughs> Because he thinks he needs to have a salad for dinner. And I holler at him. And I'm like, Nico, stop it. And I totally raise my voice at him. He doesn't hold that against me. Now, correcting a dog with your tone of voice, you lower your tone. And it depends on the individual human. Because a lot of people are soft-spoken. And a lot of people are not soft-spoken. I happen to be one of those people that's not soft-spoken. And when I correct my dogs and I tell them, stop it! Or I'm just like, get out from underneath of my feet. I'm in the kitchen. They're not going to hold that personal against me, but I'm not abusing them. They just know, oh, we need to get out of mom's way. So there's that, that's, a, that's a real fine line there in between abusing an animal and raising your voice to an animal it depends on the human that's why there's a lot of human training that needs to be done with the dog so there it's can, okay to correct them so there can be verbal abuse towards your dog really then that's what i'm understanding i w i would say verbal abuse and physical abuse would go hand in hand okay like if your dog is being naughty and you yell at them and you hit them that's abuse but if you just yell at your dog stop it no, that's not abuse. No, it's the dogs aren't going to relate your tone of voice or along with like your tone of voice and your physical reaction to them. So if you have a tone of voice and a physical reaction to them, yes, you can very much still make your dog afraid of you because then they'll be like, oh, I'm just going to go hide in the corner or hide in the closet. But if you're just correcting your dog and saying, stop it, Go lay down or, and I hate to word, use the word yell because it's a correction. It's like, stop it. So, and it, just stop. So I'm actually, I'm actually wondering about, you know, I've, I've heard, I've heard loud, you know, correctiveness as far as 
like you said, stop it, get out from under my feet. That kind of frustration. Like, but then I've also heard what seems like could be an abusive yelling because they're constantly just screaming at the dog and, like you said, swearing is just like um, there seems to be no love. Um, this particular individual I'm thinking about, it was just I'd never seen this person give any type of um, love towards a dog, you know, whatever that might mean to some people. Either come sit on my lap or pet the dog. It's constantly just screaming, an angry scream, not anything to correct. It's just like as soon as they walk through the door, it's like, I hate the effing dog, you know, and start screaming at the dog. <laughs> well, then that that <laughs> people like that should not own a dog until they are trained themselves mm. to actually what a dog is. They and, and the the main idea when you're training a dog and you walk in your house, you're supposed to walk in your house and ignore your dog. You're supposed to get out of your car, walk in your house, walk past your dog, me, myself. I put my handbag down. I don't say anything to him. I don't say, oh, puppies, I love you, and I miss you so much today. I don't say anything to him for the first five minutes. Then when I'm settled in, then they come to me. But if you're constantly yelling and you're constantly screaming at your animal, no, that, that human has no compassion for that animal, and they shouldn't, quite frankly, even own one. Get a cat. Because cats don't care. Cats will just come up to you and be like, hey, what's up? Or, no, I don't want you to pet me right now. No, a dog is a very in tune with your personal feelings. So, yeah, I would actually classify that as somewhat of a dog abuse to where it's just, yeah. It's, I call my dogs weirdos. Oh, why is that? They're acting, they're, they're a weirdo. They're like, they're acting up. They're acting like, dogs because dogs are dogs there's dog obedience training and then there's let your dog be a dog okay just let them be a dog because they're not a person and mine will get to carry it on and i'm like you guys are just little weirdos what are you doing and they're like they're so proud of themselves they're like oh <laughs> i'm gonna go do this and i'm gonna go do that but if you being verbally abusive to a dog would be like being verbally abusive to a child. You can't constantly send out negative energy to any living being and expect it to respond to you in a positive way. Yeah, I agree with you on that 100%. Now, as far as like you're saying, this particular individual that I have come across should not be owning a dog. Uh, and then kind of stepping back to adoption and things like that. Um, and you were saying that Folks should really study up on what type of dog it is that they are going to be involved with. So what happens when you go to these adoption places or, you know, you get it off of Craigslist or wherever it might be or one of these sites um, and you have no clue and they have no clue. Um, what do you do? What do you do with a pure Heinz 57? I have no clue what this dog is. It's got a short tail and it's got big floppy ears and a small waist and a big gut. I have no idea what it is. Okay. So you have no clue what the breed is. How do you connect with that dog? And how does that dog connect to you? You go into an adoption place into the humane society or wherever, 
and you're walking down the aisle and you're looking at all these cute little puppies and they're just amazing. They can be 10 months old to 10 years old. The connection is made between you and the dog. You don't need to know the breed then. Then you just say, oh, hi, puppy. And the puppy goes, oh, hi, human. Or you go, oh, hi, puppy. And the dog turns around and walks the other way. So there's a connection in between the human and that dog. And a lot of them, when dogs are in uh, shelters and whatnot, they don't know that they're in a shelter. They don't know they're in dog jail. They just think that this is their life. It's, it's not perceived the way that humans perceive it. They just say, okay, well, I live in this little cage and I get food and I get water. And every now and then somebody comes by and says hi to me. But a lot of dogs are adopted because there is such a human animal connection there that it, it just happens. It, it naturally happens with the connection. So with that being said, it, it, we really shouldn't, or people shouldn't go out there just specifically looking for puppies because you can have that no. type of bond and connection no. with an older dog, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we should I be adopted, given a chance. Yes. I adopted from the, uh, uh, Everett Humane Society years ago, oh my goodness, probably 14 years ago, I adopted a 12-year-old female German Shepherd. And I went in there looking for a puppy. And I saw her and she saw me and I stood there and I talked to her and I took her for the little walkabout because you can take a dog on a walkabout. And I, I couldn't make that decision right then. So I went home. I cried all the way home. And then the next morning, gave him a call. Is this dog still there? Yes, this dog is still there. And I went in and I adopted this fabulous 12-year-old German Shepherd. Her name was Shayla. And I... I just, her and I built, she lived for four years past that. And her and I just, we melded together. So definitely adopt an older dog, adopt a younger dog, adopt a dog that speaks to you. It doesn't have to be a puppy. It can be, if that animal speaks to you, then adopt it. I, I personally, I feel like there there's a need for people really to take a look at the older dogs, not just puppies, and give these older dogs a chance. Like you said, uh, they could bond with you, and you could bond with that older dog. Oh, absolutely. The dog, that particular German Shepherd that I had adopted, had been in the same home for 12 years. And the people relinquished that dog because they were moving. And then her and I just bonded. She she had lived with the same family for 12 years. Wow. Yeah. That had to be pretty hard or difficult for the family to give give up the dog as well, I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it goes both ways. You know, well, we can't keep our dog anymore. We don't have a place to live. But me, being the weirdo that I am, I say, if my dog can't live there, I will live in a tent in the middle of the woods. Amen. I always said that. <laughs> if my dogs can't be there, I'm not going to be there because they are a part of my family. You know, that's the other things. I 
I hear and I see a lot of times people people get a dog and for whatever reason, all of a sudden they're trying to get rid of it. Uh, you know, two months later, five months later, a year later, or whatever it is. Uh, I, I, I see that happen all too often uh, only because I, I look at some of these ads and uh, some of these ad sites, you know, people just getting rid of their dogs. So I think, does that go back to really know what you're getting yourself into? Don't go out there emotionally and go, I'm lonely. I need to get something. I want a dog. Don't do that, right? Or Exactly. Yeah, don't, absolutely. Don't do that. Just a person needs to be mentally prepared to bring a dog into the family, just like a person needs to be mentally prepared to have a child and bring it into the family. So if you're if you're mentally prepared and you're ready for it, and you're if it's an older dog, a younger dog, uh, you better be prepared mentally for. Oh, I wonder if this dog is going to chew up my flower bed. I wonder if this dog is going to eat my furniture. I wonder if this dog is going to get in my garbage. You need to mentally prepare yourself for that. And if you're not mentally prepared to have a dog, don't get it. Right. A dog is a dog. I don't have any flowers on the ground around my house because my dogs will eat them. They think they're colorful salad. So therefore, I have flower boxes because a dog is a dog. They're going to do by nature, by instinct of what they're supposed to do. Which means they'll bark because they're going to talk to each other. They're going to maybe dig or do something or, like you said, have grass salad when they're not supposed to. you got to, and yep, and and neighbor dogs talk to each other too. If you're not mentally prepared to have a dog that's going to go out in the backyard and go rah 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 rah, and a dog two doors down that goes rah 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 rah, they're talking to each other. They're having like a little doggy conversation. If you're not mentally prepared for that, why do you have that dog? Yeah, dogs bark. Yeah, it, I, I I imagine it as trying to tell your child shut up, don't say anything ever. You can't do that. Be seen and not heard. Right. No, 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 no. (laughs) Dogs just don't understand that. (laughs) No, and they let people know. Dogs let people know when there's somebody walking by your house, as they should. Dogs let people know when somebody's knocking on your door, as they should where the obedience training comes into it, if somebody knocks on your door, your dogs are going to lose their mind. That's just all there is to it because that's their house. So what you don't want is you don't want your dogs to go after somebody that's knocking on the door. They're going to bark. They're going to let you know. They're going to say, hey, somebody's here. If you feel comfortable enough, fine, go out the front door, talk to the strange human being that's outside. If you don't feel comfortable enough, invite the human being into your house. Then your dogs should all sit and just observe. Mm. They need to sit down and observe the situation and the conversation. But like 99% of the populace of the world, you're not going to invite a stranger into your house anyways. So your dogs are letting you know, hey, Uber's at the door. They're bringing dad Taco Bell. That's okay. They need to let you know somebody's at the door. I, I feel 
a hundred and thousand fifty percent safe, my dogs will let me know if anything out of the ordinary is in the parameter. Anything. Hi, I just want to take a quick second and say thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you continue to listen as Tammy talks more about dogs and maybe some reasons on why not to get a dog. And I would imagine that that's a big part of the reason why people will get a dog is they say, well, I want to know when somebody's at my front door, right? Yes. But those are the wrong reasons for getting a dog. You get a dog for a companion, not necessarily for a protector. Mm. The dog by nature will protect you if you're its companion. Okay. So get that, folks. Love your dog. The dog will love you and protect you. Exactly. They will 100%. If you don't protect your dog, our dogs depend on us for everything. They depend on us for our food. They depend on us for water. They depend on us for love. They depend on us for bye-bye car rides. They depend on us to be their beautician, to clip their nails. They depend on us for everything. So we need to depend on them just as much. Once they realize that they can depend on us and we can depend on them by nature, they're not going to let anything happen to you. But I, I don't even care if it's Chihuahua. By nature, they're not going to let anything happen to you. That's uh, that that's a really good thing to know is don't get your dog as protection. It will, like I said, it will naturally protect you if you show the love and compassion to the to the dog. Yes, one hundred percent. Now um, you're alluding to the factor, not really alluding, but really saying that dogs really depend on us. They don't have hands. They can't open the doors. They can't go to the bathroom inside. They can't flush anything. So, um, let me ask you this and. Oftentimes I go into people's houses uh, for some of the other jobs, some things that I do, and I see that they have dogs or maybe cat, but mainly dog. And I see this dog bowl of water, which looks like mud. There's crap all in there. It just looks awful. Is that okay to do? Absolutely not. Your dogs require fresh drinking water changed whenever needed and you can tell by the dog bowl because my dogs like i said they like salad (laughs) they like to eat grass and dirt so therefore they're going to come in the house they're going to get a drink out of their dog bowl it's all going to settle down to the bottom if they don't have pure clean drinking water how would you like to drink that a human's not going to drink that so why do you expect your dog to drink that yeah they need to Dump out the water bowl, which I recycle my dog water bowls. I water my plants with it. And then put it in the sink. Take the little scrubby. No soap. Never any soap in it. Take a little scrubby. Scrub it around. Get the little film out of it. Rinse it out. Put fresh water in it. And this is a literally 
a daily or as the weather's warming up a twice a day thing because I have three dogs. I literally have to change their big giant water bowl twice a day mm-hmm. and clean it out. No, no, you don't. If you won't drink it, your dog's not going to drink it. So, That's just the way I see it. So we should be also thinking about, you know, giving him quality food as well, right? Just don't go out and, um, well, I don't know, maybe there is such a thing as bad dog food, but try to give them quality. Don't give them uh, greasy scraps off the table and things like that. Um, I can break my own rules. <laughs> <laughs> um, my dogs love carrots, carrot peeling. I'll go in the kitchen and start peeling my carrots. All three of them are lined up because they know mom's not going to throw those carrot peelings away. <laughs> They're going to get those snacks. Uh, I personally think that a high grease diet for a dog is bad for them and their digestive system. Everybody has their own opinion because a lot of people make raw dog food and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But with my particular breed that I have of my shepherd, if you give them too much richness, they get the poop. And I don't want the poop. So there's a real fine line there. Now with dog food, I feed my dog's Purina dog chow. I've tried the diamond. I have tried the uh, selective source. I've tried the blue diamond. I've tried the, oh, geez. I can't even tell you how many different kinds of dog food that I've, I've tried with my dogs. And a lot of them are too rich for the dog. So therefore they have an adverse reaction to it. And a lot of dog foods that are cheap, we won't say the name of the store, but it starts with a W. And they sell the really, really, really cheap dog food. Um, I don't recommend that dog food because it's so, it's it's full of fillers. Mm. So you're feeding your dog three times as much of the food. And so now you're picking up three times as much poop. Gotcha. And it's not putting any weight on the dog. It's just, it's a filler for them to make their tummies feel full. But I, I use good old Purina dog chow. I have never had a problem with it. I've tried different brands because my old lady dog, she's a 13 and a half year old pit bull. When we adopted her, she was four and a breeder and she still had teeth and no clue where her puppies were. Somebody tied her up to a pole in Tacoma, Washington. And she had such severe skin allergies. That was another mystery to go through. Why is she losing patches of her hair? And it wound up being she's allergic to grass. Oh. <laughs> she runs through grass. She's allergic to grass. Yeah, we went through different foods, and we did the coconut oil thing, and we did the fish oil thing. We did the Benadryl thing. We went through everything, and it wound up being grass. There's no way to get around that. You can't – you have a yard. You have grass. Yeah. But – just by keeping her on the same diet all the time, over all these years, the hair has never come back on her hindquarters, but she's happy, she's healthy, she's not pulling her hair out anymore, and she's able to run around through the yard, blind as a bat, she's almost 100% blind now, but she's able to run around through the yard and do her thing with no open source. So... Quality of dog food, I would say do what works for your dog. 
Okay. If Purina works for your dog, use Purina. If Pedigree works for your dog, use Pedigree. If Blue Buffalo works for your dog, use Blue Buffalo. It's really a mystery. It's it's like having a child and they have a peanut allergy or they have a tomato allergy or they have uh, any type of an allergy. You have to pinpoint and figure it out piece by piece. I'm guessing. So I, I can't even... I can't even recommend a certain dog food. Use what works for your dog. I'm going to guess, though, we shouldn't be the guy that sits on the couch for Sunday afternoon football with a family-sized pizza, pepperoni, and share it with your dog. No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Not unless you want to clean up crap. Because (laughs) what goes in must come out. And if your dog is having, I mean, a little bite. Okay, you want to give your dog a bite of your crust? I don't like pizza crust, so I will eat a piece of pizza and take the crust and split it into three equal portions and give each one of my dogs a bite. But no, you should not be sitting on your couch giving your dog, unless you want later on in that dog's life to have serious digestive issues and you're cleaning up poop all the time and you can't figure out why your dog is so gassy and their breath gets bad. And they just say act lethargic. It's just like a human being. If you're going to eat a whole pizza, what's going to happen to you the next day? <laughs> yeah. You're going to need an extra roll of toilet paper, which is coveted after now, to, you know, you have to pay attention to what goes in must come out. So healthy foods for a dog, uh, carrots, potato peelings, as long as your dog's not allergic to potatoes. Uh, sweet potatoes are fabulous. Pumpkins are fabulous. Uh, never grapes, never tomatoes, and never raw onion. Your dog can eat cooked onion, but it cannot eat raw onion. It doesn't assimilate through the system the same way. Mm, so people should really, really know dogs in general, and then specifically the breed that they're looking at getting. So like you're saying, don't feed it grapes. I mean, some people might have thought, oh, yeah. These are safe. I could just give it. I don't, as long as I don't feed it chocolate, everything else is fine. That's not true then, right? That, yeah, absolutely. That is a fallacy. And dogs, I have seen so, so many trainers. They will get into uh, the kid's uh, trick-or-treat basket. <laughs> <laughs> Why did my dog eat my son's whole basket of Halloween candy? And I'm like, number one, did you have it up high enough to where your dog couldn't get into it? Because a dog is a dog. And unless you have it properly trained, they think everything is theirs. Um, I've seen dogs get into chocolate and eat a ton of it and survive from it. Mm. So this, that all revolves around society and what everybody's opinion is on everything would i feed my dog chocolate no if you give your dog a little teeny tiny bite of chocolate okay my german shepherd nico has an affinity for trident peppermint gum and that's what i always have in my purse and if i leave my purse on the floor and i don't zip it he gets into my purse and eats my package of Trident peppermint gum. He has a thing for it. And so now me as a dog owner am aware of that. 
So I have to be the responsible human being and put it up. So it has to do with the responsibility of the dog owner. Oh, crap. He just ate my whole pack of gum. So we've come. Are you going to be okay there, buddy? <laughs> so we've kind of come full circle back to we really need to train ourselves. The, we We have to know what to do if you're going to own a dog. Yes. If you have a dog and you have a small child and you don't want that dog to eat all of your children's toys, put the toys up. It's called diversion training. You put the toys of your child up and away or teach your child to put their toys away and give the dog their own toy. If you have a dog that is a garbage hound and they like freak out over the garbage can they're like oh there's something fresh in the garbage can you leave the house either crate your dog to keep it out of the garbage which i totally believe in creating your animals until they graduate because dogs can graduate from a crate or you put your garbage can on the counter so the dog isn't tempted and it's not going to get into it if your dog is going to eat your shoes and this is a known pattern. Put your shoes up, for heaven's sake. Don't let, don't give the dog the opportunity. So, is there kind of an association? Because I, I so here's a scenario. I have old pair of socks. I'm going to tie it into knots and play with my dog with it, and let them pull, and we pull together. And then all of a sudden, I'm going. Why is my dog always chewing on my socks? So, is there some sort of association like that? Meaning that. All right, get your dog your their own toys. Don't use your socks as a toy to play with because the dog's going to later think, oh, there's a pair of socks on mama's floor, daddy's floor. I'm going to go play with it. Is that kind of true? That's where the diversion training comes in. So if you've got an old pair of socks and you knot them up and put a tennis ball in it or whatever and you play tug of war with your dog with that, and then they decide that they want to go over and grab your sock. That's when you walk up to your dog and say, not yours. And you take it away from them and then give them their sock. So once That's you start. diversion training. So once you use that sock and you, like I said, put a tennis ball in it or whatever and you play with it, let it become theirs. Don't, at the end of playing, take it away, wash it, and use it for yours. Let it become the dog's toy. Is that the best thing yes, to do? Okay. That, yep, that is the dog's toy. But once they're done playing with it, it's also okay to take it away from them because everybody has playtime. They're chewing on it. They're having a great time with it. You're playing tug of war and whatnot. At that point in time, when you're watching a movie, it's 10 o'clock at night, and your dog wants to drive you crazy and keeps bringing it back to you and bringing it back to you and bringing it back to you, you say, no, we're done playing now. Then you take their toy away from them and you put it up. It's that simple. You just take it away and say, we're doing something else now. And you just put it away. So a dog is if a If they dog. go get one of your socks, <laughs> <laughs> then you don't give them back their toy. Then you take your sock and say, this is not yours. And then you take it away to where they can't go retrieve it. I don't care if it's in your closet, in your laundry basket, behind your bedroom door, somewhere to where they can't go pick it up again because it's turned into a game to them now. 
So what's, when it's done, it's done. We're not playing right now. We're watching a movie. I th- you can do that playing ball with a dog. Play ball, play ball, play ball, 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 ball. When you're done as a human playing ball with that dog, take the ball, put it in the house, put it on top of the refrigerator, put it on the entertainment center, put it up somewhere to where it's not that dog's playtime anymore. But when you do go to grab it again, they lose their mind because they know it's playtime again. It's okay. So can we think of, as you said, a dog is a dog, but can we think of the dog as a child and say, you know, all the things you're saying, all right, it's playtime. Okay, playtime is over, you know, time to go to bed, that, that type of deal. Let's settle down. Uh, so is it okay to think of your dog as uh, a forever child, pretty much? Huh. Yes and no. Okay. Yes, your dog is your fur ever child. Once you take that animal on, it is your responsibility to care for that animal, to be responsible for it, just like a human child. It is now your forever responsibility. But dogs don't think like humans. And there's a very large misconception out there in the dog world that they treat their dog like a child. Your dog is not a child. It's not going to understand the way that a child does. It's not a human. It's a dog. So the dog's perception of time out, it's not going to sit in the corner and throw a temper tantrum. Even though I have seen dogs, I have one of them, that when you tell her to knock it off, she will literally go over in the corner, turn around, and put her back to you and lay down, fine. That's your temper tantrum. Whereas a child's temper tantrum, they may scream and cry and have a hissy fit. So that's where dogs and human children, they don't think the same. So yes, your dog is your forever kid, but your dog is still a dog. It's not a human being. No, you don't need to feed it off your fork. No, you don't put a diaper on your dog. No, you don't. Some people dress up their dog and dye their dog's hair, and God bless their hearts, let them do that. If their dog will tolerate you painting their fingernails and dressing them up and (laughs) and doing that stuff, I mean, whatever they want to do. But it's a dog is still a dog, a human is still a human. So they'll process things in their minds uh, and their brains different than humans. Absolutely. Okay. Some people say, well, my dog is jealous. Uh, jealousy to a human being means something completely different of jealousy with a dog. I had my five-month-old granddaughter over here a couple of weeks ago, and I was holding her. I said, oh, you are just the prettiest little baby. Oh, I just love you so much. And my puppy, (laughs) that is two years old, that's what I call her, is my pretty little baby. And she jumped up on me and the baby, not in an aggressive form, but she jumped up and I said, Shay Shay, off. This is a baby, not for you. And she just looked at me disgruntled. Um, why are you holding that little teeny tiny flesh thing? <laughs> <laughs> so they, they do. They think of things differently. They don't, they associate words. Dogs have total word association. They understand objects, they understand signals, they understand word association, 
but they're still not a human. They don't learn the same way, and their emotions are different than a human. Now, can I circle back around and uh, ask you a couple questions then about adoption again and the type of families and the possible type of dogs? Yes. Meaning like a young family with a young child, uh, a baby, uh, versus um, a middle-aged or established couple with grown children. And should they should should the family have considerations about different types of dogs um, that they should be looking at if they're going to adopt? Yes. If you are a young family with a young child, you need to consider yourself. How much energy are you going to take into that dog? Are you going to be able to walk that dog every day? Are you going to be able to play ball with that dog every day? Are you going to be able to be focused on that dog every day? Or are you going to have to share that dog with your human child? Obviously, you're going to have to share with your human child. So if you're going to adopt a dog, you want something with a lower energy breed. So more of a mellow, aloof. Yeah, I want to hang out with a baby all day. I would not recommend a husky or a Golden Retrievers are fabulous family dogs. Um, you don't want anything high energy, super, super high energy, unless you yourself are crazy, which I've done it, and you say, oh, okay, I have a newborn baby, and I want this breed of dog. Knowing it's a high energy dog, I have to now focus my time between my dog and my child. But if you want, excuse me, if you want to focus your time with your child, you need a more aloof dog, okay? Now you're middle-aged. You have adult children, which happens to be me, middle-aged, adult son living at home. I have extremely high-energy dogs because I can focus all of my energy and my time onto my dog, and I don't have to focus it onto my son. If he needs his laundry done, I'm like, you're in your 20s, wash your own laundry. So it's you have to decide with what energy level you want. And if you go to an adoption shelter, take your child with you. Okay. Absolutely take your child with you. You don't want to just be that surprise, ta-da, look, I brought you home a dog. Because that dog might say, huh, how come that kid's getting more attention than me? And unfortunately, there have been a lot of dogs in adoption because of that oh, well, we had a baby and we wanted to raise our child with a dog. And those are the dogs that are going back to the shelter two and three months later because people don't realize the responsibility of taking care of the animal. So there is a huge responsibility taking care of a, taking care of a dog. A huge responsibility. And, and it's huge, a, huge, huge. It's not one of those things it, where it's a disposable toy where you get it and Three months later, you're done and say, oh, we're done. Let's go get rid of it. Yep. I'm bored. I don't want this anymore. Yeah, no, no. If you're going to adopt a dog, make that lifetime commitment because dogs will live up to, oh, geez. My husband's daughter just lost her dog day before yesterday, Black Lab. She was 15. Wow. If you're going to get a dog, make a commitment to that animal. I don't even care what breed it is. If you're going to make that commitment with anything, 
If you're going to get chickens, make a commitment to them. If you're going to get a horse, make a commitment to it. If you're going to get a dog, make a commitment to it. A cat. Anything that you choose to bring into your family, you have to make that lifetime commitment to it. And don't just say, oh, well, that was fun while it lasted. That's why a lot of parents don't get their younger children dogs because they know how much work it is. Right? A lot of parents, like myself, I've had dogs my whole life. My children have always been around between three to five dogs their entire life, so they know how to respect them. Oh, and there's another subject that I would like to broach upon. Yeah. Children need to learn the respect of animals. I have several children here in my personal neighborhood that... Uh, Obviously, I've never had an animal around them that will yell and bark and scream at my dogs and throw rocks at my dogs. Then I have to be the mean neighbor and go outside and correct the children and say, stop throwing rocks at my dogs. What are you doing? What is wrong with you? So before you're going to get a dog, you need to educate yourself and your kids to be around that animal. There's a respect there. You can't just oh, it's just a dog, we don't care, we're just going to throw it outside and feed it outside and let it live outside. Now, well, why do you have it then? What is your point? So, talk, so speaking, yeah. speaking about dogs and being outside and stuff like that, we, we'll be coming into the summer months pretty soon, and it's fine for dogs to be outdoors, but I, I'm going to guess that depending on the climate or where we're at, we should make sure, as you said earlier, that they have fresh water, cool water, but aside from that, if you're in a place where there's a lot of sun, I would have to guess that we should make sure that there's some sort of shaded cover for these dogs. Yes. Yes. Dogs need shade, just like humans need shade. If it's super, super hot out and your dog refuses to come in the house, because I've had dogs like that before as well. They're like, oh, it's so beautiful outside. But you have to think of the best interest of your animal. Fresh, cold water outside and shade. But you need to make sure that they're not locked out there. You should always monitor your animals. Dogs shouldn't just be tossed out in the backyard in 98-degree 98, 98 weather any more than dogs should be tossed out in the backyard in 14 degrees below zero. You know, it, you need to monitor what's happening. If they can go out in the sun, absolutely they can. 10, 15, 20 minutes, absolutely. Go out and lay and bask in the sun. Fresh cold water and a shady area to lay. But a dog by natural instinct will find shade if it's too hot outside. Yes. So underneath your deck, um, wherever, the dog will, by instinct, find that. Yeah, because... Unlike humans, when we sweat when it's hot, it's not that we're sweating because we're hot. We're sweating because we're trying to cool down, and dogs don't sweat to cool down. Isn't that true? I mean, they, that's why sometimes you see dogs just panting and panting. Is that's, um, They're trying to cool down. Is, is that true? Yes. Dogs actually pant because they sweat through their tongue. That's why they pant. But that's why you have to always have the fresh, cool water. But then that has to do with the human as well. If you see your dog excessive, dogs can get sunstroke just like the human can. 
So if you see your dog excessively panting outside, you don't have any cool water out there. You don't have a shady place for them to go. The dog shouldn't be out there. Absolutely not. That dog, it's just, you have to, this is where it comes into being a doggy person because a lot of humans are very human-y. They really like humans. And a lot of humans are very doggy. They like dogs. But dogs are the same way. Dogs can be very doggy and like other dogs. And dogs can be very human-y and like humans more than other dogs. So if you're going to own a dog, pay attention to it. If it's freezing cold outside, there's snow on the ground. Odds are, unless you have a winter type of a dog, like a husky or a malamute or something that's a wintry type of a dog, they don't want to be out there any more than you do. They want to run out there, do their business, and come back in the house and lay by the wood stove. Mm. They don't want to have nothing to do with it. So, um, as I was saying, we're going to be approaching the summer months, and a lot of the people who love their dogs, they want to bring the dog everywhere, and they throw them in the car, and they go to the store, but they can't bring the dog in. Wrong idea, pretty much, right? Leave the dog at home, because if it's 90 degrees outside, inside of your car, it's going to be 120, and that could be the death of your dog. Personally, my opinion on that is if it's over 70 degrees outside, don't take your dog with you unless you're going to the park and you're immediately going to take your dog out to walk with you or, you know, take it on an activity. And you can actually take your dog into stores as well. You can just put them on a leash. You can take them to Lowe's, Home Depot, uh, Walmart. You can walk your dogs into the store with you. But if it's over 70 degrees outside, Leave your dog at home. Leave them in peace. Just like if it's super, super cold outside, leave your dog at home. Why, why are you doing that? So, yes, in answer to that, if it's hot outside, don't take your dog with you. I realize people are so attached to their animals because I am so attached to mine. But if it's too hot outside, I speak to my dogs because I talk to my dogs. I think I do more than my husband. I look at my dogs and say, no, you can't go with mom today. It's too hot outside. You guys just need to stay in the house. Yeah, leave them home. Make sure they have fresh cold water in the house. Just leave them home. Don't take them out with you. Sounds like a good idea. Um, so let's let me ask you this. So if you have a noisy home and then you're going to leave for a few hours, half the day, and you're going to leave your dog at home, do you think it's a good idea to turn the radio on for them so they have a little bit of sound going on because that's what they're used to or eh, it doesn't really matter? Or it's just to each individual what they feel like? It really is to each individual to what they want to do because I will leave the stereo on for my dogs sometimes. Generally, always classical music for the dogs because, like I said earlier, dogs feel energy. So if you put on Megadeth and you leave your dogs in the house with the curtains open, they're going to see another dog going by out the sliding glass door and go, ah. But if you leave classical music on in the house, this is just my personal thing. You leave classical music on in the house or turn the TV on on low and put it on like 
Andy Griffith or a mellow show, Little House in the Prairie or something like that, and just leave it on low so they have the white noise in the background. My personal opinion, I do it. I, I don't leave my dogs just in the silence so they can hear every little twinge and sound. But they, it really is. It's personal preference. If you want to leave the stereo on, leave the stereo on. The TV on, leave the TV on. It's really whatever you want to do. It's what if you, but if you already have that dog, you know what the dog is going to react to. Back to know your dog. Mm -hmm. Know what they are comfortable with. So, I mean, you've been great. um, Are you looking for more business? I am always looking for new doggy trainers, and I love it. It is a joy. I love meeting people. I do a free meet and greet when I first meet my clients because I meet my clients with my dogs. I shouldn't say my dogs because they're still their dog until I become Auntie Tammy, and then they're my dogs too. Ah, so that is where the Auntie Tammy comes from because you are becoming the dog's auntie kind of Auntie, yes. I become a part of their family. And the dogs get so excited. And I offer the free meet and greet. And my opinion of that is many dog trainers out there will charge you. They call it an evaluation. I don't call it an evaluation. I call it a meet and greet. I want to meet you. I want to meet you and your family. If you want to train with your children, by all means, bring the whole parcel. I had a client one time that had five kids. Her and her five kids would show up weekly. And I want to know you, and I want to know your dog, and I want to know how you interact with your dog. Then at that point in time, after the meet and greet, it could be an hour. It could be an hour and a half. It could be two hours. You know, let's have a cup of coffee. Um, if we're not all a good fit together, then I'm not going to take your money from you. If I don't feel that I can work with you and work with your family and work with your dog, I'm not going to take your money because I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's fair to take money from somebody to work with them with their dog if we're not all on the same page. So, yeah, I'm I'm always looking for trainers, and I do not take over five trainers in a week. Mm. I, I don't want any more than five. I think that that time that I'm with that dog, that's their time. That's that dog's time and that's that family's time. And so I don't want like four or five dogs in a day because now I'm mentally exhausted. The dogs are mentally exhausted. The humans are mentally exhausted and we're not accomplishing anything. Okay. So, so, you know, right now we're at the, um, stay six feet apart, stay at home. Don't do this. Don't do that. Um, Do you have like a Facebook page where they could contact you? And then, um, you know, maybe you'll do a meet and greet on Facebook, anything like that. Is there, do people do that? I mean, does that work? Do you? Yes, I actually do have a Facebook page and it's called Auntie Tammy Dog Obedience Trainer. And if you look it up, it's on Facebook. I do not have a web page, but I do have a Facebook page. And I am open to meet and greets. I'm open to video meet and greets with the the social distancing and everything happening right now. I'm 
totally open to whatever makes the human feel comfortable. And I like to do the meet and greets at my home, which is fabulous because I can walk people in my side gate and I can self-distance in between me and the human and still work with their dog. So that's how it's all working because I'm not going to walk up to another human being and lick them on the side of the face. (laughs) You know, like a dog will walk up and sniff your butt. I'm not going to do that to another human. It's like, no, no, I need social distancing anyways. That is before all of this broke out. Uh, No. But, yes, there is a Facebook page. Uh, My phone number is on the Facebook page. I am available to be called, texted, messaged, Facebook message. Whatever. All of the above. However somebody wants to contact me. Pardon me? Uh, all of the above. They all, just yeah, find you on Facebook above. and, yeah. Uh, so. Yep. An- yep. Anti-Tammy Dog Obedience Training. And there is a picture on there of my beautiful puppies and my beautiful grandchildren. So you can't pass by it. Mm-hmm. You can't miss it. <laughs> so uh, before we close down shop for the evening, uh is there anything that you would say is the number one or number one and two things people should keep in mind about getting a new dog, whether it be a puppy or an older dog? Uh, what should people keep in mind? Number one, be prepared to bring another member into the family. And number two, Please put your dog through some type of training. If you do it yourself, fabulous. If you hire somebody else, fabulous. Just be prepared. Expect the unexpected. Expect your shoes. Expect your furniture. Expect your garbage can. And just expect it. That's good to know. Don't be blind. Tammy, is there anything else that you could think of that you want to throw out there? We don't want to give everybody too much information. They'll all go out and go, hey, I know how to train my dog now. But no, they really won't. Because, like I said, you've been doing this for 20 years, and you were mentored by somebody who's now been doing it for 50 years. You know, like my, my friend Dave that mentored me, and I love him. His name is Dave Beyer. Anybody can look him up on the Internet. He owned a kennel in North Idaho for many, many moons. Um, I would say, huh, expect the unexpected. And I'm always there to give away free advice. And Dave used to say that to me all the time. You got to give a little to get a little. You just have to. So even if I have a client that's not a client, so somebody contacts me and they say, hey, This is what's going on. Do you have any advice? I'm going to give the advice to him for free. I don't have to have you on my pay schedule to ask me a question. So, yeah, if if somebody needs to know something, ask. How else are you going to know? You don't know what you don't know. Well, if I don't know, I'll call Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to give some free advice, which is on the back of your card, which says, all dogs are model citizens with positive motivation. So, absolutely, be positive. 
I guess that goes positive. with life life in general. Be positive, right? Yes. yes, it does. It's like, don't be a Debbie Downer. Turn that frown upside down. <laughs> <laughs> be happy. <laughs> yeah, because your dog can actually feel it and tell. Like they're emotionally exactly. in tune to you. Yes. I say quite often also, Hakuna Matata. <laughs> I say that a lot. Means no worries for the rest of your life. Turn that frown upside down. Let's be happy, people. Hakuna Matata? Hakuna Matata from the Lion King. I stole it. You guys heard it <laughs> right here. Well, that's it for today. So thank you, everybody, for joining me today for the podcast on dog obedience. Now, this is just an opening in a series that we'll be doing with Tammy. So we'll be getting into a little bit more about how to train your dog specifically, the do's and don'ts and the needs. So don't forget to subscribe so you'll know exactly when we have the new episodes on dog obedience training. And don't forget, you can always send me an email at podcast at chucktuck.com. Let me know what you think. Give me your thoughts. Give me some ideas. Or if you're an expert in a field or have a deep interest and you want to be a guest, let me know. And we'll get you on. Thanks again. Bye-bye. <laughs>